line. Now a two on one. Sagan with Foxa. Sagan across. one on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Sweet, sweet Friday. You are listening to the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Halford & Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Some of you might be asking, why are we coming back from break with erotic Foxa highlight? It'll all make sense in a second. Dallas Stars owner Tom Glardy is on hold. He's going to join us in just a second here to kick off Hour 3 of the program. Hour 3 of Halford & Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by Campbell & Pound real estate appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. We are coming to you live from the Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at kintech.net. Uh, joining us now on the line, very happy to have him here, the owner of the Kamloops Blazers and the Dallas Stars, Tom Gallardi, here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Good morning, Tom. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, I imagine that these have to be pretty good times for you just to see how these seasons are unfolding. You've got the Kamloops Blazers atop the BC division in the Western Hockey League and obviously hosting the Memorial Cup. And then your Dallas Stars atop the Central Division, uh, five points clear of Winnipeg. So things are going well with your hockey teams right now. Yeah, and, and you know, you're not even mentioning the Texas Stars, our AHL affiliate. So um it's not often when all your teams are in first place. And in fact, our East Coast League teams in first place as well. So never happened before. Probably will never happen again, but um, it's a neat place to be. <laughs> You've been an NHL owner for over a decade now. You bought the Stars out of bankruptcy <clears throat> in 2011. Um, this is kind of a big picture question, but what's the most important lesson you've learned about being an NHL owner since buying the stars in 2011? Oh boy. I, I guess, I guess, um, you know, the, the, the least amount of emotion you can possibly muster is probably, you know, the, be, you know, in the best thing. So in other words, you know, you just can't get too high, can't get too low. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to do. It's an emotional game and, and everybody wants to win. Um, but, you know, it's hard to win. So, you know, I think, I think emotion, emotion can sometimes get you, get the best of you. So I think it's just been a big lesson in, in, uh, in that and, and patience. And, uh, you know, the game's not always fair. And, uh, and so I think you just have to learn to accept that. And, you know, once you learn, learn some of that, I think it gets easier to, you know, to enjoy it, to survive in it, and to, you know, make the best possible decisions you can. As an owner, do you care about the style of hockey your team plays, or is it all about wins and losses? And the reason I ask you this is the Stars, under your ownership, have seen the extremes. They were the run-and-gun teams that, uh, you know, Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan starred for. Lindy Ruff was your head coach, and then – probably there was a realization, hey, we got to play a little defense there. And then it swung aggressively to the other way, and maybe it became a bit of a problem that you weren't scoring enough. You seem right now to have a good combination of the both, but I'm just wondering as an owner, like, and you're putting, you're, you know, you want to win, but you also want to put an entertaining product on the ice. Does not matter to you the style your team plays? Yeah, you know, absolutely. 
Um, you know, that, that was, that's a pretty astute observation you just made. <clears throat> you know, we, under Lindy Ruff, we were offensive. We led the team in scoring. And then, you know, then there was that sober reality that, you know, we're not going to have success in the playoffs with, without, you know, with, with the type of defensive structure we had in that era. And in comes Ken Hitchcock because, um, and, and people like to write that, oh, Hitchcock was unsuccessful in Dallas. He was there one year, but Ken Hitchcock changed our identity and it needed to happen. And I don't know many guys that could have, could have accomplished what he did in one year. Um, and he, and, and so since that day, we've really become a, you know, top five, what, uh, you know, uh, plus or minus uh, defensive team. Mm-hmm. And we've had some playoff success. Uh, and so, you know, in the, in, in the playoffs, when, when power plays are, are hard to come by, um, and, uh, you know, it, it really comes down to having to defend and, you know, knowing how to win two win games. And so, you know, we're the type of team that uh, could do that. But, you know, I think it swung too hard. And, you know, I, I mean, fans like to see goals. And, you know, we're playing in a market like Dallas where, um, you know, winning is the most important thing for sure, but fans do. They want to see physicality and they want to see goals. And I, and I think that's that's true for all 32 markets. Uh, and I think you got to find the right balance. And, you know, last year we had a team that couldn't score enough and you know, we couldn't get out of the first round. So, you know, we defended. We were a top five defensive team. Um, and uh, But we, we just couldn't score our way out of any kind of trouble. And so... Um, we made the change, and, and Pete DeBoer's task was to, you know, was to better utilize the roster, change how we play, uh, improve our chances and, and chances to score, but don't don't give up the identity that we've worked so hard to develop, which is which is our structure. And you know, and Pete's done exactly that. We're one of the top defensive teams in the league. We're, we're second and third in scoring in the league, so it's gone you know very well, and. Uh, we're obviously happy with where where we're at, and and feel like uh, you know we've got a team that can have some success in the playoffs too. We're speaking with Tom Gillardy, the owner of the Dallas Stars, the Texas Stars, and the Kamloops Blazers. Uh, Tom, you've been pretty open about a couple of your players, Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan, needing to do more to justify their contracts and the amount of cap space they take up. Um, did that all make you hesitant at all to commit long-term to players? I mean, you did, you have committed long-term to Rupe Hans and Miro Heiskanen, but I'm just wondering what you think or what goes into your uh, thinking when you do make that commitment to players. Well, look, uh, it's a little bit like buying a, you know, a future. <clears throat> you know, if you, you're going to buy a future that you're going to, you're going to close on a, on 10 bales of cotton in six months for this price, you know, that contract is either in the money or it's not by the time you get there. And so all a contract is, is a bet on future performance. And so that contract is either an asset or it's a, or it's a weight. Um, and I think, you know, I think that in, in the case of Tyler and Jamie, we, you know, they've gone through stretches of this other eight year contracts where they haven't, they haven't produced uh, up to the level of their contract. And, you know, these are good guys. When I, when I made those comments during the summer, you know, like a little bit of the issue in a market like Dallas is that we don't have a media that really holds us accountable. Um, <laughs> they do to a point, but our media in the, in the U S in a market like Dallas tends to be cheerleaders. Mm-hmm. And so, 
you know, I think sometimes these guys need a little bit of pressure and, you know, public pressure, but it wasn't a mystery. I mean, I, I talked to these guys, I, I, I had talked to <clears throat> both players and both guys are, you know, these guys are good guys. I mean, they, we, we didn't give them eight year contracts because we didn't believe in them. And, you know, they know they need to be better. You know, and they, and there's, and there's just reasons why, you know, the guys are struggling trying to, uh, you know, to produce to where they, where they think they should and, and where we think they should. So, um, uh, you know, Tyler went through some, you know, p- pretty tough couple of injuries and those injuries really affect you and they can affect you for a while. I mean, Stamkos had the same surgery as Sagan and, and it took him a year and a half to come out of that. It didn't look like he was going to ever be the player that he was. And, and then he, but he, he turned it around and, and he is, you know, Tyler's having the best season he's had in a, quite a while. And Jamie Ben's been unbelievable. So, you know, Jamie knew he had to be better. He, he's changed his regiment. He's, he's, uh, and, and in fairness to those guys, uh, you know, we're, 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 you know, our systems are designed to score more than they were. So, um, I, I think, uh, I, I think that they're benefiting from Pete DeBoer, but, you know, both of those guys have, have worked hard to, uh, to get themselves in position to, to be more successful this season. And they are, they both knew it. They both said they're going to be, they were going to be, uh, better players and, and they've, they've both delivered on that. So, um, yeah, it's good. I mean, we're getting the type of uh, type of leadership and, and and production that we need from those guys uh, with those with those contracts. But you know, we, you, you say do you shy away or do you worry about it? Well, you know, we Miro Haskin and we pay hints, you know, two eight year deals. Believe in these guys in the right age, and and so um, you know that's the game today. Um, you know, that's just the system today. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, you know, these these players want long term deals, and I, I don't necessarily think it's the best. It is what it is. You, you play within the system, and you know it's a great system. And uh, you know you get rewarded for managing and and managing your assets the best possible way. So, um, you know we believe in long term deals, and and we'll continue to do them. Uh, I haven't spoken to many NHL owners that uh, don't like the hard salary cap, just from a business perspective. But um, is there a frustration um, at how gummed up the system is? right now because I know there's a lot of frustration from our listeners and fans of the game that it seems like you like it just seems so difficult to make the most basic of trades yeah I mean I think as a fan you know it's um it's 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 been a bit of a tough era for that but you know I think we're gonna we're gonna things are gonna are going to uh are going to change and we've had some shocks to our system here um you know the biggest one being the pandemic so um, but the future is very bright here in terms of the, you know, the game's growing, uh, revenues are growing, the cap, you know, the cap should get back to growing, you know, substantially. And so I think this is a short term, uh, uh, situation where, 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 you know, every team is so capped out it's hard to make trades because of the, the money that's tied to it. But I, I, I think that's going to change, um, and, and, and it'll change uh, fairly soon and it'll be more, it'll look more like what, you know, we're used to seeing and, you know, I certainly know that fans want want to see trades. It's exciting. You get frustrating supporting your group, and you want to see a change, and it's tough to happen. So, um, but but uh, um, you know, I think uh, um, you know, I'm I'm not big on trades personally. So, uh, like to build the team and, and keep it. I, I don't. Uh, I know fans like trades, but uh, you know, to me, the system is uh, solid and strong and, and functioning well. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Jim Nill, because if you look at the list of current NHL GMs, uh, he's fifth in terms of tenure. 
He's been there. He's coming up on a decade in Dallas. Actually, it'll be April 29th is the date that he was hired in 2013. You know, there are other organizations, like the one locally, who have gone through multiple general managers over that same time frame. But Nil has been a constant there. Um, what's allowed you guys to have this dynamic and relationship where he's been able to serve as a general manager for a decade, which is a long time, and to be able you to have the trust in him to know that um, it's not time for a change for change's sake, or you know, it's not the end of an era. I mean, he signed through 2024, so he's going to be there for the foreseeable future. What has allowed you guys to build the relationship that you've had that you've been together for the better part of a decade? Well, I mean, there's obviously a lot of comfort and, uh, you know, it's a relationship that, as you say, lasted a long time. And, and, uh, you know, Jim's made a lot of great decisions and Jim's, you know, one of the best at a, at a whole bunch of things. It's, it's not an easy job. Um, there aren't uh, a plethora of people who are capable of doing the job. And so, you know, I, I, people try to compare the GM job to coach job and, and, you know, coaches naturally, flip over and that's sort of where we're at now in terms of the, you know, the, the players and, and how long they'll tolerate the same coach and the same voice. Um, GM's an entirely different situation. So, um, you know, I think, I think tenure and wisdom and, and, and experience is, is worth a, a heck of a lot. And so, uh, you know, Jim's just a solid, steady hand. Uh, doesn't get too wound up when things are going tough. Um, and he's just a really balanced decision maker uh, who, who like me is committed to, you know, the group that we have. And, and, you know, the, I just think we're an organization that probably talks a lot less about trades and some other ones. So, you know, it's, it's about working with what we got and we believe in what we've got. And, and uh, so he's, he's just a, he's just a calm, steady hand. And he's a, he's a hockey guy. He spent his, uh, his post player uh, years as in scouting. So, you know, he knows the players, uh, he still scouts, he still watches hockey. Uh, he would have as much knowledge uh, of the rest of the players in the league as any GM in the league. So, you know, he's a hard worker and, uh, you know, I'm proud, proud that he's, uh, he's, he's with our club. And, uh, but at some point, you know, it's a big job and, and he's getting, uh, he's getting up there and, and whether he's going to want to continue on with, with the, uh, the grind that is that is being an NHL general manager, uh, you know, uh, we'll see how much longer I can get out of him. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, he's done a done a pretty good job. And I think right now, if you look at our club where we're sitting, and you know, I've had good teams before. We've been at the top of the standings, and um, those teams were largely driven by veterans. And you know, today you look at our club, and and you know, really our best players are young. So we've got the you know the, the older guys that you call Jimmy Van a veteran now, and 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 Saggy and, and these guys are you know they're playing a huge role Pavelski, but really the team is it's changed the team and made us what we are as the as the caliber of the young guys. So you know to have your young guys pushing the boat is 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 you know, we're really in a good spot. We feel good that we're we're sitting well for uh, for the next decade. Okay, so you mentioned you got he's and, a high and, and Jim and the staff Jim Jim and his staff and the scouting staff deserve a lot of credit for putting us in that position. Right, so you've you spoken glowingly about the man and his staff, and you said, you know, there's there's trust there. He's a hockey guy. He's got a history of making great decisions, and you've had a lot of success. You also mentioned earlier in the call that, you know, it, having a, an emotional balance as an owner is important. So, like, I want to ask you, like, how difficult is it, or maybe more specifically, how important is it that you refrain from 
meddling or letting your emotions take over in hockey decisions and saying, okay, I've hired hockey people. They're here to make hockey decisions. I'm going to let them do that. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm in the conversations uh, for sure, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't make the hockey decisions and I, and I probably shouldn't be making the hockey decisions. So, um, you know, I'm more, you know, we have a, we have, a, you know, a macro plan and, and that's what we stick to and discuss. Um, and as I say, it's, uh, uh, you know, Jim and staff uh, make the calls and they, they, uh, they're the guys who are scouting the players. They know the players best. And, uh, you know, it's all, it's good to be involved in the conversations and you have a general, um, you know, strategy in terms of what our roster is going to look like in the next year and the year after that. And I, I stick to the macro part of it and, and, you know, it really ties to your overall, you know, business plan, I suppose. So, mm-hmm. um, but you, you just, as I say, you, you know, you, you, you know, 24, 48 hour rule, you know, you just, you just, you know, you learn this in amateur and you know, minor hockey, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. you, you, you know, I had two, three boys that play hockey. Don't text the coach less than 24 hours after. It's right. Don't text the coach 48 hours because the text you send the guy 48 hours after the game is a heck of a lot different than the one you sent an hour after the game. So, you know, we've all made that mistake if you have a kid playing hockey. And, and so, you know, I just think it's the same thing. You, you, you know, you get frustrated with a player or this, that, whatever. And, you know, you just got to, everybody knows it. It's not going to change in 24 hours. And so it, it's just managing your emotions. And I just find your, you know, if you can do that, then you can deal with the, the ups and downs. Because the bad thing about hockey is, if you know, you own a team, there's the team that you're playing against that night, they're trying to win the game too. So it's not easy to win. And, uh, you know, you do as much losing as you do winning over the course of, 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 a, of a season or five and, and, it, it's it's hard. The losses are way harder than the wins are make you happy. So it's it's a tough it's a tough business. When you say macro plan, what do you mean by that? <clears throat> uh, I, I mean this you know this the, the 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 plan of your of your roster. You know if you look at a you look at your team and you've got a guy like Miro Haskinen who's on his entry level deal and you know that coming out of that he's going to move you know to a to a much higher salary number uh, then then what's your plan, you know? So you have to think about that in terms of, well, I've got an older guy making X and I can't afford to sign that guy when, when you're, you know, when a guy coming out of entry level is going to hit. So it, it, you have to have a plan. And, you know, like for us, it's, for us, we've got a guy like uh, Rupe Hits that goes from 3 million to 8.5 million next year. You know, in a flat cap world right now, where, where does that, you know, relatively flat cap world, where does that money come from? And so, you know, you have to have a plan and, you know, there's money that's going to have to fall off somewhere else to get, to get, to, to get him that money. So, um, you know, Robertson gets a big raise, uh, the, you know, Ottinger gets a raise. Where does that money come from? So it's just the plan of how the pieces fit together and the blocks fit together. And, you know, we tend to, you know, we, we put it out a couple of years and, or so, and you have to think about those things. How long can I do a term with this fellow, guy where, I know I've got these kids coming up that are going to be earning more money. Uh, we're speaking with Tom Gillardi, the owner of the Dallas Stars, the Texas Stars, and the Kamloops Blazers. I want to talk a little bit about the Kamloops Blazers because you guys will be hosting the Memorial Cup. Hopefully you guys will win it again like you did when it was hosted in all the way back in 1995, I believe. Um, I want to ask you about Logan Stankoven because I remember the first time I ever saw this guy, I was like, how did he fall to the second round how excited were you 
back in 2021 when he was still available to you, the owner of the Kamloops Blazers and the Dallas Stars, when the Dallas Stars selected him? Well, yeah, I mean, I, uh, uh, I mean, I've known Logan. I've got a son the same age, and so uh, spent a lot of my coaching life uh, having my goaltender pull the puck out of our own net with uh, Logan Stankov and the, the the culprit. So, you know, known this kid, known the family for forever, and so you know, so fortunate to get drafted into Kamloops, and then you know, really, really was looking to you know, hopefully. I never thought in a million years we would get a chance to have him in NHL, but, um, and, uh, you know, we, but having said that he was in our wheelhouse, we had a 20 something pick that year in the first round. And so, you know, I would have taken him then, but, you know, I don't run the draft table. And so, uh, we took a, we took a kid named Wyatt Johnson and with the first pick who I, who, who I never, who I'd never really seen play before, you know, really, you know, he's just, a, he, we're so excited about him and, and, it's one of those situations through COVID. These kids in the Ontario didn't play, and so um, there's some there's some weird picks and some real steals because you know scouts didn't get to see this kid play, but our guys were able to uh, you know make this selection, and uh, you know we're really happy. And he's playing in the league at 19, and he's putting up real numbers, and he got a shot at the Calder for sure. So happy about that. And then so we took him. I figured it was there was no chance to uh, to get Logan, but. Uh, there he was, and uh, I'm, you know, shocked, and everyone's shocked, and still shocked, and so, um, you know, it's just nice when it comes together. And he was there in the middle of the second round where we had two picks, and so lucky to get him. Um, so yeah, I feel very fortunate about that because I think he's got a real shot to be on the roster next year, and he's uh, he he moves the needle. Uh, we're a little bit up against it for time here, Tom, but I did want to ask you one final question before we let you go. Uh, i got to give credit to Jason because he came up with this one. It's actually a pretty cool question, I think. Uh, you're an owner in Dallas. What's it like sharing a town with owners like Mark Cuban and Jerry Jones? <laughs> yeah, it's fine for my personality. I know I'm not. <laughs> uh, I get asked that a lot in Dallas, too. Um you know, you can't compete against those guys. So, um, and I don't even try, um, but they're all nice. They're all really nice people. I mean, the, the, all of we all know each other well and, you know, the Rangers and the Cowboys and, and, uh, of course we share an arena with the Mavericks. So it's, uh, it's a small town in the sports world. And so, but there's some big characters there and, and, uh, you know, they're good at getting uh, media attention and, uh, you know, it, 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 that doesn't really interest me much. You know, I'm, I, I, I just, I'm really interested in, in, in winning. And so, and, you know, as are they, but, uh, uh, it, it suits my personality not to, uh, not to be out there the way those guys might be. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Well, at the very least, you can maybe get like a guest spot on Shark Tank or something like that. Like that would, it would just once, anyway, yeah, just once for the sake yeah, of I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, Tom, I, as I mentioned, we're up against it for time. I'm sure you are as well. We'll let you go. Thanks a lot for doing this. We really appreciate it. Uh, good luck. I've just coined it trying to win the quad this year. So that's the Memorial Cup, the Stanley Cup, the Calder Cup, and then the championship in the East Coast League. You got a chance at all four. So best of luck with all that. You got a busy spring ahead of you. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Okay, have a good one. Thank you. That's Tom Gallardi, owner of the Dallas Stars. Sorry, what was it, Laddie? I forgot it in the a moment. The Kelly Cup. Thank you, the Kelly Cup. How do you not know the ECHL trophy? You know, Come on. I was trying my best.
But that is pretty cool that he's going, mm-hmm. like all the hockey trophies that are out there, he's going to go and try and get them. It's Ask Us Anything Friday on the Halford and Bruff Show. We're giving away tickets to the best Ask Us Anything to uh, Monday's Canucks game against the Red Wings at Rogers Arena. So text in your Ask Us Anythings to the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. Include the ticket emoji if you want to be entered into the competition. It's not a draw. It's a competition for best Ask Us Anything. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Talking all Canucks all the time. It's Canucks Talk with Jamie Dodd and Thomas Drance. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Kelowna, California. West Coast. Coast. <laughs> yeah. Kelowna, baby. Best place in the world right here. Hey, 31 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. You know, really, we should have all been using our brains and had a more befitting song, like a Kamloops type We just song. said that behind the scenes. Did you? Yeah, there's something funny about the Kamloops players owner just being on, and then we play a song about Kelowna. Yeah. I don't know if you knew this, but those two towns don't really like each other very much. There's a hatred. Yes, they, they tend not to get along. Do you think Kamloops thinks Kelowna is a bit of a pretty boy? Yes, they do. Exactly. That's a <laughs> Nice frosted tips, that. Kelowna. Yeah. They're all dollar D's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you were in Kamloops for a while. I worked there for three years, and in two of the three years, the Blazers got bounced in the first round by the Rockets, like which happens a lot. Like mm-hmm. those two teams meet each other in the playoffs in the first round a lot. Right. So there's a huge rivalry there. Uh, okay, you're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of the program, it's underway. Uh, hour three is brought to you by Campbell and Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell and Pound. Visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. This is a very important, very important what we learned in Ask Us Anything here, Jason. Because okay. not, not only are we giving away tickets to Monday's game between the Canucks and the Red Wings, 7 o'clock Rogers Arena. We're getting, it's a contest, but it's also a competition. We're giving away to the best one. Uh, apparently, we also have a captive audience. And I, I know I use literally wrong all the time, but I'm using it right here. We've literally captive audience. Is there the someone traffic, in jail? Traffic is so bad oh, that see. there are people stuck, oh. captive in their vehicles with nothing else to do than to listen to the Halford and Bruff show, which sounds like some sort of media, medieval torture. But Laddie, what's the situation? You're there, our traffic guy. We're going out of traffic with Greg Ballack. <laughs> Well, I don't have all the details, but it's uh, good start. Night Street Bridge essentially is not happening right now because a, a dump truck hit the overpass. I'm looking going at the southbound. Picture. The dump truck got opened like a can of pop. Uh, the overpass, the overpass in Richmond by the IKEA. By the IKEA, yeah, okay. it's the best I can describe it, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's uh, obviously you they got to test it for structural integrity. Look at that! Look at that it's, truck. Uh, it's not looking good. Yikes! The truck. I don't even know how to describe it other than it's like popping the top off of a. How does can. that happen? How does the dump truck not know? I don't know. What was, it, what was it carrying? Giraffes or something? I don't, well, luckily, it looks like the load was empty at the time. <laughs> okay. So that's the only saving grace. But the signs are all messed up, and I'm sure the overpass has seen better days. So, you know, people stuck in the traffic probably don't want to hear us talking about the traffic. They probably want to hear Ask Us Anything of what we learned. We're not even going to do ours. Fire up the dot matrix. Print uh, out those sweet, sweet submissions. Ask Us Anything from Nate. Who had the best all-time wrestling Entrance music. And I think for me, 
Uh, Macho Man with Pomp and Circumstance was it's really like, good. Was Stone perfect. Cold. Stone Cold. Stone yeah. Cold. So iconic. It's just as soon as you hear the, the glass, glass breaking, oh, it's just yeah. perfect. <laughs> that was pretty good. Oh, just perfect. Um, yeah, I am a real American. Fight for the rights of every man. That was a good one. Um, what Hulk Hogan's first, uh, entrance music? That's what you're yeah. going with? Yeah, it was a little Hulkamania. Really? I loved. I loved. Yeah, that's that's an iconic song. It's not unlike when the glass breaks for Stone mm-hmm. Cold. Who's our favorite wrestler again? I can't see. I don't even know. I'm forgetting names now. My favorite wrestler yeah. growing up was Billy Jack Haynes. No, no, no. There was the other, there was the Hawaiian guy. What was his name? Superfly Jimmy Snuka. No, 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 no. The other guy. We, we, he, he fought Macho Man in the famous. Oh, Ricky wrestler. the Dragon Steamboat. Ricky, the, see, I, I, I'm, I'm. He was my favorite wrestler, and I forgot his name. Yeah. He had the Chicago Bulls music. And that was awesome. That was pretty good. See, I always thought, like, see, when I used to be able to remember his name, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, right. when the Chicago Bulls used that music, I was like, that's Ricky the Dragon's music. Yeah. No, that, those are those are all quality quality candidates. God, we're like an old married couple now. It's like, it's like who was our favorite yeah, wrestler Yeah, I, I was going to say that. As soon as you said, did you say who's our favorite yeah, wrestler? Yeah, because it was yeah. it was the same one. We, <laughs> we but, I, but then Halford apparently was lying to me because he went through a whole cavalcade of other wrestlers. We, uh, we, when we go to restaurants together, Jason's like, what's the thing I like here? And I'm like, it's a potato crusted cod. <laughs> You'll get the potato crusted cod, please. And then I order for him. And then I take my napkin. I'm like, you got something on your, yeah, just, yeah. And then, yeah. Anyway, um, Brian from East Van, ask us anything uh, with the talk earlier about stadiums, and maybe this has been asked before, but favorite stadium you have been to and why? For me, Chicago United Center to watch a Blackhawks game in the Madhouse, $17 standing room tickets, and it was a full house. Yeah, it was It was cool. I, 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 I've been to uh, the United Center for Stanley Cup Finals Multiple games, times, and it yeah. was and it was and it was terrific. But I always thought, eh, I wish it was Chicago Stadium because I never got to Chicago Stadium. I felt like that would have been crazier just because it's it's a little bit smaller and everything was packed in there a little bit. Um, in terms of NHL arenas, we had this conversation the other day. I said, if you're if a bucket list for me is Madison Square Garden, yeah. go to that arena. Hopefully, you see a good game because there's something about a New York crowd. That just, yeah. it's just the New York crowd. But man, we've been really lucky to go to a lot of NHL arenas, but also baseball stadiums. Because when we used to travel for the Stanley Cup final, we'd go to these cities on off days. We'd be like, is there a baseball game? And oftentimes there were. And I think one of my favorite memories was us going to Wrigley Stadium. Yeah, Wrigley was pretty awesome. Wrigley, sitting Wrigley. in the bleachers, we were there with Down Goes Brown. That was like right. that was one of the best days <laughs> at the ballpark we've been to. I I was at Fenway in 2011 when I can't remember who the teams were, but uh, I was in Boston for some reason. Yeah, uh, Fenway was so cool. Like just to see it, mm-hmm. the atmosphere is just it's a baseball game. But Fenway, just to look around and see all the green, uh, it, it's awesome. And then the best actual stadium. If you're talking about prettiest scene, maybe not the history of Fenway or Wrigley, Pittsburgh Stadium is the best baseball stadium yeah, there is. Yeah, Pittsburgh's great. Uh, I really like the San Francisco Giants one with it's the too water. Cold. Really rubbing it's it in. Cold. I was supposed yeah. to go to Pittsburgh on the it's COVID too year. Cold. I had to cancel yeah. it. Oh yeah, he's right is... though. San Francisco's fun, but it's too cold. It's mm-hmm. Too much wind. You get to see the the water bombs. Though. Couple, we're a couple of hardened guys. You know, it's like eh, it's the too col- cold. the coldest I've ever been in my life was at. 
in San Francisco at a baseball game <laughs> in August. He's, he watched a Grey Cup game in Saskatchewan. It was like minus 91. Yeah. And it was still colder in San Francisco that day. Oh, and obviously McMahon Stadium is the greatest stadium I've ever been to. That's true. In Calgary. I yeah. feel like in the, the winter <laughs> stadiums, you're, you're at least preparing stadium. for it. You're wearing like a big jacket. If you're going to San Francisco, you're probably yeah, wearing Yeah, I wasn't shorts. prepared for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, can we? I actually got a hot chocolate. Um, in August in San Francisco, don't be the dummy that shows because the locals will be like, <laughs> "You're gonna get cold." Yeah. Uh, uh, what? Here's a question: What's yes. the worst stadium you've ever been to? BC Place, Olympic Stadium. Oh, come on! <laughs> Olympic Stadium, pretty bad. Olympic Stadium. I've been to some really bad ones. Olympic um, Stadium was terrible. The Kingdom, been. Kingdom was, was bad. bad. I've been to the Kingdom. It was bad. Uh, honestly, Craven Cottage. Uh, now we mentioned it earlier. In terms of aesthetics, it mm. was awful. It was uncomfortable to sit in. Oakland. Oakland is bad. Terrible. Oakland's bad. Been to a couple games there. Oakland That's not looks good. like a maximum security prison. The way yeah, and, and they're like and fencing all the way there's, in. There's yeah. fencing. If you take the Bart there, there's fencing. Like it almost looks like barbed wire there. And there are all these signs outside. Yeah. And you know they need the signs. They're like, don't bring your guns in. The interesting thing is, like, I haven't been there in over a decade. Um, apparently, the thank God for gentrification. Uh, apparently, Oakland has undergone like a massive facelift. Now, I don't know if it's necessarily pertains to around the arena and the, and the stadium because that was different, but um, the Raiders one was not great. It wasn't I just, great. I remember hearing a friend that went there, and he's like, you walk to the stadium with your head down, and you you, you walk straight, and you don't look anywhere. That's you know what, though? He was there with me. The tailgate, for as fearsome and as divisive and as scary as it was supposed to be, <laughs> it was, it was the friendly. best, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We were getting like Don Julio poured in our cups, and it was great. Anyway, oh uh, god, all these people. Sorry, sorry, I called it Wrigley Stadium. It was just a, a misspoke. Yeah. yeah, okay, Wrigley Field. I I, I realize that Wrigley like, Arena. God, it's just like yes, you, you make one thing, and people are like, you don't know sports. Yeah, now try imagine working with someone like that. It's like calling Rogers Arena Rogers Place. You just come on, guys. Well, that's that's actually Classic. something else. Yeah, though. there's there's that's no a problem. There's no Wrigley Stadium, <laughs> like a rival one that popped up. You're right. There is no Wrigley Stadium. There isn't. Okay, Chris and Siri with an ask us anything. This broke my brain uh, at the break. If you woke up in the year 2040 and you were asleep from now until 2040, so 17 years, you wake up in 2040. What would be the first thing you search on Google? Flying cars. Like, do they exist? Yes. Or Just do look we go to window? We... You don't need Google for that. Well, no, I might not have the brain capacity Flying to think that. Cars? Yeah, I'd want to know if we we finally had them. I've been waiting. I would Google. Back to the Future Two promised it in 2015. It hasn't arrived yet. I would Google have the Canucks won the Stanley Cup yet. There you go. And then when it returned, no, I'd be like, <laughs> right, I'm going back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Good <laughs> night. <laughs> I would Google the same thing I Google every day, and that's just my name because I'm self-centered. <laughs> they oh, think I'm dead. I'm just yeah, sleeping. How, oh my god. Yeah. So how how did you end? Was it were you were in a coma? I don't even know the reasons behind it. What was the what did the question say? If you just said if you woke up and it didn't say why you were asleep. Oh okay. Yeah. yeah you're like that was a hell of a sleeping pill I took. Did you imagine? <laughs> you were at that old British stadium and it collapsed. And put you, you were just underneath a, it? Yeah, put you into a coma. Kenilworth Road. Give it the respect <laughs> it deserves. That old British dude, the yeah. old British guy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Give him the respect. C-3PO? Yeah, that's him. <laughs> um, unsigned, it's another ask us anything. If you had each one year to train, drop everything, and invest yourself fully 100% into it, who would win match play at Pebble Beach? Jason. 
you're so far ahead of me in the world of golf. I don't even think a year of unrelenting training would do much other than make me go from horrible to not horrible at golf. Although if I train for a year at golf, I might get the yips so badly that you might beat me. I could see a scenario where you were too into your own head. <laughs> yeah. And I could use that to my advantage. But even then, mm-hmm. I no. I mean, you play I mean, I, you don't you don't play enough to keep a like a handicap, right? No. No, but you play in quite more. But I'm not good. But like you can, you if you, if you, I bet if you for example, let's say I don't get the training. Yeah. And you get the training. Like we're talking like pro every uh, three three sixty five like eight hours get, a day. You get all the you get fitted for your clubs and yeah. everything. You could probably beat me. I mean, I I bet you could, I bet you could get that. That's actually an interesting question. Like, if you're an average athlete or even I'll give you slightly above average, yeah. um, I wonder how much you can improve your handicap hmm. as a we'll call you a beginning golfer. Yeah, like within a year. See, I think that my room for growth is exponentially larger than yours. Oh, God, you're prob- yes. Yeah, you're not going to get much better as That's a That's the most exciting thing. Like, I had a bunch of friends that started playing golf during the pandemic, and I was like, it's going to be so exciting for you because you're going to improve exponentially, and you're going to hit shots that you never thought you'd be able to hit because you'll figure out the whole idea behind the golf swing. That's why I'm holding out on getting into golf. I know it's going to happen eventually. Because my body will break down more, not mm-hmm. break down, break down more than it already has. Right. And I won't be able to play all the sports that I play now. I don't think you'll get into it. You're too impatient. You're too impatient. You're going to have to learn to be patient. Well, it you can won't. Be learned. It can because be you're a snapshot. Shut up. See? <laughs> uh, here's another one. This is, oh, I, I want to give some advice to the people because I learned about this yesterday. Mike and Burnaby, uh, what's your play for fast food deals? I recently learned that two chicken nugget Happy Meals is cheaper than a six-piece nugget meal. So, get this. I was turned on to an app yesterday. I'm just going to pull it up on my phone. It's called um, Too Good To Go. T-O-O, Good To Go. Okay. You know what it does is it connects you with like restaurants and shops in your area that at the end of the day, rather than throw away food because they don't sell or put out day-old <laughs> food, you can buy it. It's to reduce food waste. It's oh, very... Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'll ever use it. You know who uses that a lot? Who? Uh, dogs. No, 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 no. Dogs can't use an app. They don't have opposable thumbs. Uh, no, it's. A, I think it's interesting from an environmental standpoint because you're trying to reduce food waste. I don't Bruce know. Out here's being a jerk. Yeah, and you're, you're, you're there. Hey, we talk about the expensive nature of groceries and trying to feed families yeah. all the no, time. No, that's useful. They should have called it. You gonna toss that out though? I don't think called. that's got the. Out? I don't think that's got the ring to no, it. Yeah. You gonna toss that out? Or like buy our garbage? That's not the <laughs> ring that they want. <laughs> buy, I like that. Buy, buy our garbage, garbage before yeah. it's garbage. No, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. The picture on the app is George Costanza picking out a. Something out of the garbage. Can. I think no. That, again, I think above, you all like are an angel. I think you all are missing the inherent goodness <laughs> and like the intrinsic inherent value of this. That this is. A oh good no, we thing. get it. We're just. No, I don't think you do. You're it. talking about picking eclairs out of the garbage. And you're saying what's? <laughs> how could we give this a worse name? Like, you know, how to finish that? Halford's got a private sponsorship play by this. I'm company, replying to a we're guy. We're blowing it for him. <laughs> I'm replying to a guy. You're gonna drop him. Who's, he's, he's he's gone out of his way to find horribly wrong. This is a guy that's gone out of his way. Way to save 90 cents on McNuggets. <laughs> I feel like I get I'm in my wheelhouse right now, okay? I don't I'm like, was the six piece McNuggets killing you financially? I don't know why you needed to find a hack around that. Hopper's but... never bringing the private sponsorships to the air again. No, I know, yeah. <laughs> By the way, these people hate me now. 
All they're going to give me is a bag of day-old muffins for my work. <laughs> yeah, they didn't appreciate go. the buy our garbage comments. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine workshopping this for these people? Here's the thing. It's not garbage yet. <laughs> it isn't if you buy it, but it will be if you don't. Red Wing Ted. Did with you a- say you worked in advertising? No. It was just my first day here. Red Wing Ted with an Ask Us Anything. Have you ever texted a radio station to win tickets to a Canucks game because you don't have a Valentine's gift for your wife of almost 20 years? We gave Red Wing Ted the uh, tickets for two reasons. That's kind of funny. And also, uh, his name is Red Wing Ted. I feel like he earned it. And the Canucks are playing. I think he's a fan of the Red Wings, yeah. Yeah. Without saying. Could you imagine if he was just a fan of Red Wing shoes? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know hockey. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, those are Canucks tickets? Ah. He was very excited, by the way. No, congrats to him. That was good. Uh, I had another really good one. Just give me a sec, okay? I I like the text we got about the uh, what would you Google if you woke up in 2040 thing. Being uh, Is is sleeping for 17 years bad? (laughs) That's what I would Google. Am I the problem? (laughs) (laughs) Am I in medical trouble? (laughs) There's a text. uh, You know what? I'm just going to do this verbatim, okay? Um, I, I can't find it, but I got it in my mind grapes. Someone texted in, what's the most random weird piece of sports related merch that you've ever seen. This guy said that he went into a store. I think he was when he was traveling in Spain and found a Real Madrid branded thong for men. You know, the very tight European. You're not talking about sandal flip flop. No, we're talking about like, it's like a speedo, but even more uh, revealing. Right. So it's not, we all have those for our favorite teams, right? I'm wearing yeah. one right now. Are you, is it a Canucks thong? <laughs> yes. <laughs> With Kuzmenko's numbers. It, it, I wanna, it's very uncomfortable. So this is, <laughs> I regret everything about this purchase. Yes. <laughs> it's like Kuzmenko's, Kuzmenko's extension. I'm regret a big the whole fan. Thing. Yeah. This is going well. I, wanna, I, I won't show it all. You can't see the number on it. So I, I think I'm the only person on the planet that has a Simon Fraser University alumni MasterCard. <laughs> I just want to... You still got that? Yeah. Has it got the $500 limit? Because no, that's what it used to start with. They've. It has no value whatsoever. It has no point system. You get nothing for just, using it. You don't it. use it, though, do you? I use it, yeah, sometimes. Why? Not a lot. Why would you use it? Because it was my first. Yeah, but you don't know, you have a point system this, on your I, card? I, I have Are your other cards, cards so racked up that you have to go to no, the no. SFU one? I have try, other... try the Simon Fraser card. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone looks at it and they're like, Why what sirens is going this? off? <laughs> what is this? Um, no, I have a, other cards with points in it. I just, like, this is like... Uh... Why do you have multiple cards? Isn't it just worthwhile to just have one card and you, you, you ride that card? You play it 60 minutes a game. But I do, see, here's the thing. Uh, this one gave me my first big break in the world of credit when no one else would give me one. So what, every once in a while you just go back to it? Yeah, just every just put a random purchase on there. There's oh. no, put it this way, I'm gonna, you're asking questions for sensible answers. There's no sensible answer why I own this. Okay. It makes no sense, but I refuse to get rid of Looks it. Looks like I see better days. This is only is a year Is that the old. original card? That no, that that's the thing. <laughs> So the other thing is like you can hold on my camera. It yeah, just oh, it, that, that thing doesn't have a chip. You have to use one of those yeah. old <laughs> things. Yeah, no chip technology. <laughs> 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 I have to sign for everything, and damn it, I like it that way. So anyway, that's my closest thing to most obscure random merch. This is back when they had the old nickname, too, by the way. I think the texter meant sports merch. But well, that, that, that no, works support too. your school. It's, it's in the vein. It's in the realm, anyway. I like this text. Turned on your show 20 minutes ago. When are you going to start talking about sports? Never. Hey, if you're still t- sending in texts, especially on a Friday yeah. with the Alfred and Bruff show, we check out like at 8.30 from sports. We, have, we talk sports. Get up earlier. Be a go-getter. 
and turn on the radio, and we'll talk sports. We had a great interview with Tom Gallardi. That was about that started at eight o'clock. And if you were ready to actually, you know, if you weren't in bed, you would have been ready to hear a great interview with the owner of the Dallas Stars and the Kamloops Blazers. And actually, we had a really good conversation with Tom Gallardi. And if you missed that, you should download the podcast and listen to it. I agree. He's very um, open. It was it was a nice conversation to listen to. It was a very nice. Odd to hear an NHL owner that uh, willing to take questions. He actually liked one of my questions too. Did you know? Really that? liked it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we was, thought you'd bring that up. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> he was like, as <laughs> soon as he said yeah. it, we all looked at each other and rolled our he eyes. He actually said, I believe the quote was, "That was a very astute question." And yeah. I was like, "Thanks, Tom." Uh huh. <laughs> no, Ruff's going to be reminding us like the next. Ralph with the this. speedo guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I heard Talkett said you uh, you asked some good questions too. Yeah, but then I was. But then like, it turned out that that was kind of his thing. Yeah, it's like his blanket exit. <laughs> Can I confirm with Gallardi if he always says that to all yeah. of his guests? Just no, because it showed that I the question showed that I'd actually done some research. Are you gonna yeah. put that in your Twitter bio? Bio a astute question asker. Yeah, he's gonna have no, business it's cards. It's just a given. It's a given. <laughs> Jason Bruff. I asked the Radio best questions. <laughs> astute question asker. I asked so many good questions that Helfer doesn't even think questions. Think about questions. He just goes into my prep and asks those questions. Astute is his default st- setting. Yeah, that's, that's what he right. just starts with. <laughs> it's the font that he wrote the business cards in. It's very astute. Tyler would then ask us anything. This is just to stick it to the person who said you're not talking about sports. Ask us anything. <laughs> what are your favorite board games, Andy? I feel. <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, show's over. My wheelhouse. <laughs> I mean, everyone knew what direction that was going, right? <laughs> I feel like you're a big uh, guess who. Any fan. question involving sugar or mindless entertainment, <laughs> something to kill the time, quilts, it's all, <laughs> it's all a, directed towards Andy. If you can do it on a cozy night at home, <laughs> That's right. Andy's your guy. Cider-related queries, Andy's going to feel What's them. your favorite, favorite board, board game? game? Monopoly is my goat. This is a go-to. Star Wars Monopoly specifically. There's Sim- no skill Sim- in Monopoly. Sim- what? Monopoly. Yes, there There's, is. What? You got to play vicious. The skill's being a jerk. Yeah. Exactly. yeah, exactly. That is a skill. You got to be ruthless. Actually, Jason's that's not true. It. We got we got Simpsons Monopoly at home, and it rules. That's my go-to. I love the game of life. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. we're playing it right now. Yeah. Most of us <laughs> losing. Terrible. <edge. laughs> Never win. Um. Uh, sorry, love. Sorry. Yeah. I like how your big reveal about Monopoly is you've got to be aggressive. You do. <laughs> that's how you win. You can't just sit back. It's you true. gotta go like for there it. are some people that are like, I love a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> you get to go to jail. That's a fun experience. Um, exactly. Did you ever? Were you ever in the wheelhouse I, where uh, it would be like couples games nights, and you would be subjected to playing Cranium? I, I've never played. Or maybe I played Cranium, but no, not that so was much. when I was in my twenties. That was a that thing. was a big thing. Just like the worst night. We graduated yeah. to Cards Against Humanity now. Yeah, yeah that's I remember better. that one. Cards Against Humanity one. is much better. There's always that person that goes a little too far. Yep. You know that? Yep. You you can learn more about a person's political affiliation <laughs> and really every every views on life. Yes. I play cards against humanity. You're like, oh, that's uh, risk is another one I wish I liked, but I do want to like it. No it one looks has the like time. it's the best game, but I just can't get my head around it. Ain't nobody can, got the time for it. I can't risk. wrap my head around it. It's like a ten year game. We went out with friends one night and they were like, Have you ever played Settlers of Catan? I know people that play it, I've oh, never played yeah. it. And I said when no. And then they tried to teach me the rules, and within 30 seconds, I'm like, I don't care for this game. <laughs> this, <laughs> not, this, is, this is not a my culture game. Yeah, I can't do any of this. I don't know. Is there an orc involved in this? I don't want to play it. Anyway. I like, no, I like Trivial Pursuit. Yes, there you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, uh, we got to get out of here for today, but we will be back on Monday where we will be talking about who won the Super Bowl. There's some sports for you.
But for now, we got to go. Uh, signing off, I have been Mike Alford. He's been Jason Bruff. He's been Andy, and he's been Greg. This has been the Alford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650.